Well, good afternoon and thank you once again for joining me for Business, The Law and You. Julian Campbell here. We've got another interesting show lined up for you this week. A bit later in the program, we'll have a look at one of our Harvard Business Review tips. This particular one is avoid micro-managing by setting clear targets. We're also going to have our chat with Christina. We're going to be looking at a little bit more of our mindset and particularly some of those innovative ideas that are coming out of businesses that have been shut down with the COVID-19. But right now we're going to have a chat with Kimberly Claire Campbell, who's a digital mentor at the Hunter Region Business Hub. We're going to talk more about planning our social media. Good afternoon, Kimberly. Hi, Julian. Thanks for joining us again. And I know we've uh, spoken about social media before, but of course, with uh, all these shutdowns, uh, social media is becoming more important. So why should I be using social media in my business? Yeah, it is becoming a big, a big um, thing for small businesses, especially. So we've noticed that since coronavirus has come on the scene, people are spending about 77 more time on social media than Mm. what they were before coronavirus, which is huge. Mm. And even in Australia, that's increased 72% increase on how much they're using social media five times a day. So it's a really captive audience where as a small business, we can put our information, our promotions or content out there for people to see. So we think of there's five main steps to planning your social media. So what is the first step that we need to consider? I know you're a big one on this, but goal setting. So having a purpose for your marketing campaign, what is it that you actually want to achieve? I see a lot of small businesses posting consistently because they know that that's helpful, but there's no real um, goal behind that, no purpose to what they're doing. So we recommend people sit down and work out the specific goal that they want or what they want to achieve from their marketing campaign. So are you trying to complement something that you're already doing in your business? Are you trying to build up awareness about your products or service? Uh, do you want people to be signing up to your email newsletter? And if so, how many people? Because it's very good to be specific so you can then measure your goals afterwards. Um, and you might be promoting a new product and want sales, and if so, how many? So I suggest having up to three main goals for your social media marketing campaign each month and to work towards understanding what um, posts that you need to create that will help you reach those targets. And I suppose that uh, you've just talked about goals of numbers and things. It's important to identify who you want to reach and how you want to reach them. Yes, because we need to talk to our customers in different ways depending on how long they've been with us. So new uh, customers don't really know anything about us at all. So we need to start from the basics. Existing customers have started that journey of um, creating a relationship with us where they're purchasing our products or services so they know a little bit about us and we may want to educate them more about different products or services that they may not be aware about. And then we've got our lapsed customers. So customers who have used us before but haven't been back for a while, um, we need to re-engage them. So if you're targeting millennials, we suggest that you use Instagram. They're all over it. It's a, a platform that they really love. And a lot of millennials are now using Instagram stories as 
TV watching the same way as they do YouTube. Gen X and baby boomers are really enjoying Facebook. That seems to be where they hang out the most. And read your audience, see where they live, because that's where you need to be. Even if you're not a big Instagram fan, but your um, core clients are, you need to be where they're hanging out. Uh, Facebook's got a a new program too called Creator Studio, which is a free program and allows you to schedule posts to Instagram and Facebook. So that really helps make use of your time. And if you're targeting business-to-business customers, there's good old LinkedIn, which is gaining a resurgence in popularity again. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pinterest is another one that people don't often think about. And while it's not a social media marketing platform, it is a visual search engine. So if your product is very visual, great place to be. So um, one of the questions that people often come up with is, well, what on earth am I going to talk about? What do I tell these people? Yeah, and, and that's when you get that writer's block and you don't know what to do. So I often suggest that you start at your frequently asked questions. What are those things that customers ring up on the phone and they ask you every day? Because they're the, the perfect introductory posts to get those new customers. And you can look at also product comparisons. So, you know, what's the difference between this kind of pasta and that kind of pasta? So, so not criticising anyone else, but internally within your business so that you're helping guide your customers to better decisions. There may be some more industry news that is relevant to your customers and helps you um, educate them and make better buying decisions. Case studies and testimonials are great social media. And whilst we might write our testimonials on our website, having it in an image that people can scroll through and and they will actually notice it more. Uh, Trivia is always fun because people like knowing those little curious pub quiz type things. If your business is about directions and information, then how-to guides and tips and tricks go down really well. And they're great for getting newsletter sign-ups as well. And of course, customers are coming to us because they've got a problem and they need some help in some way. So if you can create posts that address those pain points, then you can really help them. So I've spent all this time putting my um, social media posts together. How do I know Mm -hmm. if it's working? So it's always good to do a social media audit and monthly is a great way to keep track of everything that you're doing. You need to know where you are in your business currently before you start this campaign and what's working and what's not working in your business. So with digital marketing, um, you can use tools like Google Analytics, which is a free tool, and the social media marketing um, tools also have their own insights and analytics. You don't have to have an ad account to see those analytics, but you do need to have a business account. So you want to understand where your current position is before you start marketing and then how your audience grows with engagement, um, likes, shares and obviously purchases. And the final step of the five steps? Is to develop a plan. So we suggest that 80% of your posts need to be about engagement, so letting people know who, what you are, and creating interesting content without asking them to purchase directly. It's a relationship-building exercise. And the other 20% of your posts need to be about asking for that sale. So 
So looking at where you are in your business and what your long-term goals are, how often you're going to post and when and where you're going to post to achieve those goals, and what platforms are you going to use. And to be consistent because when we're erratic, people can't find us, but if we're consistent, they get used to us and they start looking for our content. Great. Well, that's great information for us. Thank you very much, Kimberly. We'll have a chat with you next month. Thanks, Julian. Bye-bye. Bye. Kimberly Claire Campbell there with uh, some uh, advice on planning your social media. And as uh, we've seen, the 77% increase in social media is with the COVID-19 crisis. You're listening to Business, the Law and You on 2NURFM. Time to have our chat with Christina. Good afternoon, Christina. Good afternoon, Julian. How are you today? I'm very well. And yourself? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. I'm rugged up. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about mindset again and a couple more of those uh, innovative uh, ideas from those coronavirus hit businesses. Yes, we are indeed. So as we said last week, mindset is crucial. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as we've always known, mindset is crucial uh, to the innovator and to any business who has an innovation department or who is into innovation, as we all should be. Uh, and what we're actually finding at the moment is that the innovation talk that you and I have been really familiar with for the last, I don't know, what, 10 years maybe? 20 uh, years people, in my case. Well, well <laughs> I've got some catching up to do with you then. Um, but, you know, people are starting to actually walk the talk. So when we talk about fail fast, um, this period of COVID has actually given people the opportunity, the grace however you want to put it, to try something quickly. And if it fails, people go, oh, well, it doesn't really matter right now because the only certainty, as we said last week, is uncertainty. So, you know, fail fast, Mm -hmm. fail forward, uh, test, iterate. We've discussed in the past how easy, much easier, not easy, but easier it is to to test and to test products these days, particularly when we can get used to things like digital twinning, and that goes for any business. Any business, once they're familiar with what digital twinning is, like putting the whole process into a digital platform, maybe it's an, a, a flatbed 2D, 3D, whatever it looks like, um, AR, VR experience, and we can test and iterate much easier on a digital platform than we can in real life. Once you become familiar with that and realise how much easier it is to, to test a product, uh, you know, we're... we're failing fast and failing forward at quicker rates and it's not costing us as much. The government has got um, a little bit of money behind their innovation. Mm. Apparently they're calling it the innovation-ish agenda. Uh, So I I just prefer to call it let's go innovation full-on agenda. The money that's coming through for the government that can be used for businesses to self-develop. So I think there needs to be, you know, that that 80-20 or or in our case 70-20-10 Split on moonshot thinking. What's the next big thing that you can think of, and let's put some some resources uh, towards it. But some of those businesses that have pivoted quite quickly. Well, just just before you move on to those, one of the things I was thinking of was uh, a lot of the businesses that have been affected by the either supply from China or being shut down have got time on their hands rather than sort of waste that time. Uh, uh, self-education, there's a lot of uh, TED Talks yep. and things up there on, on mindset innovation at the moment. So yep. uh, just keep educating yourself as well as thinking through, you know, internal brainstorming, if you like. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think there should be set amount of hours every week for personal development, self-development, in that case, business development as well. I also think it's important that people 
you know, maybe pay a little bit of money to join a workshop where they can network with people, meet other like-minded people, form collaborations, form um, support groups. And mm. that, that's also how pro- progress happens. Mm. So, the, you know, the freebie webinars, absolutely fantastic to, to get some new ideas from. Never lose sight of the fact that we need that communication and the bouncing of ideas around to improve and to start implementing, you know, that, that one of my favourite sayings, uh, I think I've said it several times on the program, ideation uh, without action is hallucination. So, mm. And I can't claim to have said that first. There's many people that have that, that saying has been attributed to. Uh, but just to, to, you know, briefly touch on a couple of ideas, just to give people some incentive about what can happen. And if you sit down and you really think about where there's a shortage in the market. So there's a, a, a group called Happy Scrubs uh, and it, it came about, fashion designers, fashion sewers came about by a chance meeting at Spotlight one night between a team member and a doctor who was looking for some material and a, and a I was going to say recipe, um, and a pattern to make scrubs. Mm. You know, all of a sudden there's an organisation now called Happy Scrubs that are filling a need for healthcare workers who were desperate um, for, you know, PPE clothing and equipment. They couldn't get it quickly enough. Uh, and they this doctor needed to sew his own. So here's an organisation that's noticed that gap in the market and taken it on board and mm. are now producing this product. There's another, a dad of four out of Melbourne, um, I think he's from, but they've, they're actually making paper-made desks. Mm. So what they, they're, um, his name's Ben Murphy, so it was Clark Murphy Print, and they were making the boxes that actually, um, for packaging, you know, for different different organisations. And as we know, things like that kind of took a bit of a back step at the beginning, particularly um, of the virus. They pivoted. He has. He came up with a design of building a desk. Um, don't need an Allen key. Just fits together, and it's made out of honeycomb Envirocore cardboard. And I've seen a photo of him lying on it, so it's really strong. And it came about because they had to work from home. So there was he, his wife, um, and their four children that were all, you know, homeschooling at home. They were working from home. They went. We need desk space. You know, mm. how are we mm. going to do this? Um, and I think they sell for something like $150. Uh, but it was a really quick fix, delivered, flat pack delivered, easily assembled, you know, put together. Mm. Uh, and the, the other business that, just to quickly mention, because I know we're probably running out of a little bit of time, um, is a fashion retailer who started making um, the, the shields. So Sarah Timmerman, um, online selling, etc. Again, so noticed a shortage in um, in PPE equipment, uh, and started you know putting together what the, these laminated shields yeah, um, for yeah. frontline workers. So yeah. you know, fantastic um, pivoting, realizing gaps in market. They don't all have to be medical um, based. I know I mentioned two medical ones there, but you know, think about the desk, think about the shortages, think about what you're seeing in front of you. Use your skills and your equipment to solve some more problems. Absolutely, and the, and the brains trust in your room, you know. Bring the people from your organisation together. Clearly, if you're in Melbourne, that'll be online, everywhere else. It depends on how big you are, where you want to meet. But use the brains trust that you have. Bring in a couple of extras, mm. help each other, collaborate, cooperate, you know. It's mm. best time for cooperation. Okay, we'll have a chat again next week. Have a good week. Christina there with some uh, great great examples there.
You're listening to Business, The Law and You on 2NURFM. Just time for our Harvard Business Review tip. This particular one, avoid micromanaging by setting clear targets for your direct reports. Micromanagement isn't a personality flaw. It's a breakdown in the fundamentals of delegation. As a manager, you should be able to give someone a task without having to look over their shoulder. The key is to provide clear goals. If you want direct reports to improve customer satisfaction, define by how much and specify which elements of satisfaction are most important. You should also explain the constraints of the project, stay within this budget or follow these policies or get my approval on this type of decision. Without these guardrails, you're likely to leave the person flailing and you in turn will want to hover. But be careful not to give too many constraints. Telling your general counsel, for example, to get the contract in place and then handing in the terms sheet on a napkin is likely to be vague. But saying, I'll need to approve all edits in each step of the negotiation is too much of a constraint and will waste everyone's time. You need to find that right balance for you and your team. Well, thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you've enjoyed the program. In a moment, Jane Klein will be back with you with more of your easy listening favourites. Next week, we're going to chat about employee engagement with Kim Nicholson from HR on Hand. We'll have our Minute on Innovation with Christina and some more business and legal news and views that might affect your business. I'd love your company again for Business, the Law and You at the same time next week. Until then, have a prosperous and exciting week. And as Steve Jobs once said, if you're working on something that you really care about, you don't have to be pushed. The vision pulls you. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.